This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. <laughs> For the next hour, we're just going to talk about gardening. And that's about all we can do right now because there's so much oak pollen out there. And the we it's just, you know, I, I, I talked to my doctor the other day. I said, I'm, I'm aching. I got a little sore throat. My nose, I'm stuffy. I just feel bad. He said, Felder, you're old and you've got hay fever. <laughs> so, anyway, if I sound a little cheerful today, it's because of the antihistamines. I appreciate that. Hey, for the next hour, let's talk about gardening. If you've got some things on your mind, I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I'm not going to try to push my uh, opinion on you. But if you've got some things you want to do that are a little bit edgy or, or, you know, one way or the other, you know, I don't get, you know, political, religious, gardening-wise. We're going to, we're going to take, everybody is, it's a big tent, and we're going to talk about whatever you want to. Uh, when I came in, uh, uh, Jay, Jay, while I, when I first came in this morning. Hey, good morning, by the way. Good morning. <laughs> you are you still in a torpor over there? I am in a torpor. I didn't know what that was, but you explained it to me, and it is it, the perfect fit three, for three in the morning. The air conditioner not running. You can't open a window. Right. <laughs> I am definitely in a torpor this morning. Well, when I came, you know, I showed you this uh, this native azalea. You know that I, I still, you know, I walk in, and I still plants out of people's yards, and uh, everybody <laughs> knows these great big party girl azalea. They're like the they're like the uh, the Daphne from Mount Pilot. Hello, dolls. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get Andy and Barney in trouble. That's right. That's right. And we're going to leave town and make uh, Thelma Lou and Helen feel dowdy. Head out to Mount Pilot. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anyway, the party girls are out there, but uh, our woodlands are alive with our native azaleas. A lot of people call them wild honeysuckle because it just, uh, they, you know, they got these long stamens sticking out of them. Real fragrant. Absolutely, yeah. But, but anyway, and by the way, there, there's orange ones, there's red ones, there's pink ones, there's white ones. Uh, but when I was coming into the office... Uh, a couple of staff members there, they said, what you got, Felder? And I said, oh, I've got these wildflowers. Smell. And one of them just took a big old deep breath. The other said, no, 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 I can't smell. I've got al- you know, allergies. So I said, well, I've got this oregano, too. She said, I'll smell that. There you go. <laughs> and I had to make her give it back. Anyway, people wonder why I smell like beef stew, because I walk around with stuff like this in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> With the oregano. Yeah, and I also got my show and tell this big bean. Uh, have you seen a bean like this before? No, I have not. That was that was amazing to see. I'm going to say it's pushing a foot long. Yeah. And I can barely put my index finger and thumb around it. It's a big bean. Uh, it's a bean pod. And the beans in there are about the size of my thumb. They really are, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this uh, it's a gimmicky thing. Some people call it sword bean because it looks like a big sword. They call it jack and the bean, you know, jack and the beanstalk yeah. bean type thing. But it's great for kids to plant because it's big, it's bold, and and it's just kind of cool. And you said don't eat them, right? I think that they taste like that rubber thing that's inside a golf ball. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you know what that tastes like, but I'm not going to ask. Yeah, either. yeah. Well, I, I'm just, you know, I'm extrapolating here. Right. So, anyway, <laughs> let's let, let's get back to work, folks. If you've got the things you want to talk about is toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. There's some events coming up, um, and we're going to announce them uh, every week. Uh, you have to stay tuned about whether they get canceled or not. Next week, the first one I'm going to mention is next Wednesday night at the Memphis Botanic Garden. I'm giving a talk to the Hosta Society. There's not a bunch of stuffy people. These are people with shade gardens who have it going on. And I'm going to talk about fun and funky things you can do if you've got a lot of shade. It's going to be next uh, Wednesday night at the Botanical Garden, but 
stay tuned because, you know, who, who knows what's going to get canceled. But uh, meanwhile, we're all safe here. You want to give us a call, MPB will keep you more than elbows length from each other, and we'll still get together. Uh, let's start out uh, right off the bat and uh, go to Mobile and talk about Staghorn Furs with Lisa. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Okay, it's Strayhorn. Strayhorn. Oh, sorry. Uh, bifocals? Um, yeah, I got some. <laughs> <laughs> we you... also got moles. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. what, what you got going on? Oh, moles. moles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It says moles. My bifocals told me I was. it was mobile, but it's moles. Oh, that's hey, fine. They can have them. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this. What you going to do about them? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I just know that... Um, too bad they're not, you know, too bad I ain't got a garden plan because they could, they could plow it for me. Yeah. Well, here, here's the deal on most. First of all, and you've heard it and you're sick of it, you don't want to hear it again, but they don't really hurt anything. They eat okay. grub worms and earthworms and they tunnel around looking for soft, gushy stuff to eat. They don't so eat plants. They don't eat plants at all. They don't. Do, they don't. They, they don't hurt the lawn. Yeah, they're 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 soft-bodied meat eaters. Well, that's what okay. they are. And they they turn it up. Now it can look unsightly, and and if you're not careful, you could turn your ankle in it. Yeah. But the problem is, we don't have any good control. You can buy repellents. You can buy. You can put juicy fruit gum in their holes. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard it all. But but Lisa, the only. Real good control, other than a little feist dog, is a mole trap. It's a plunger type thing, Mm-mm. and you put it over the mole and uh, over the hill. They I've, come through, boom. I've seen them; they're horrible. It's it's a it's a terrible thing to do. But uh, what I would do is I would look at it like you know, if if we had just colonized Earth and we found this thing, we would think it's cool. You know what? Because I called somebody else and they said to use uh, bipping granules to kill the ants. It's like, but. We, you know, we're uphill from a pond, and they really can't do that. Yeah, and, and they, 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 as long as they ain't gonna hurt nothing, I'm good with them. No, they, and they don't really eat ants; they eat worms and grub worms and stuff. They say, "Well, kill all the grubs." Well, that kills your worms too. And what's up with that? You know, the fact I, is, they're a cosmetic and an ankle turning uh, problem, and that's it. As long as I don't tear up Sally's lawn and she don't care, I'm good. Well, that's, uh, that's you know, a good answer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, you, that's the psychology that you're gonna have to handle that yourself. Oh, yeah, we're good. I'm just, just, just be careful when we're walking around. Good. Hey, if you stay tuned, I bet a, a, a dozen people call it with things that they'll swear by. But I'm telling you, only a trap has gives you about a 50-50 chance of control. And they're everywhere. And they're even driving I, out in the past. There may only be one or two out there. I mean, they're active little boogers. Well, as long as they ain't going to hurt nothing, I don't care. There you go. Welcome, right, welcome, welcome to my club. Thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, see ya. It was meant to be that she called because I have moles. Turning my yard over. Yeah, also. yeah, you know, and it's it can be irritating unless you look at it as like a slow art form, <laughs> because really they're they're not you know they're churning stuff up and it's a cosmetic thing and it irritates us because we want to have control. It's kind of like a free air rating of your yard almost. Yeah, yeah, you know, or, or, or it's, <laughs> it's like it's like God doing the etch a sketch out there. It really is, <laughs> and like you said though, if you if you're not ready for it, you step into it and you sink about a. About yeah. a quarter of a foot, and you're like, whoa, yeah. okay. Yeah, you know, but the, uh, again, the truth is, not much you can do about it. So, I mean, r- really, realistically, just like deer, if there was a way to keep deer off the of plants, all the flowers and, and the monkey grass that I planted at my son and daughter-in-law house, you know, they're going to decide what old folks home I go into. <laughs> so I've done all I can to help them. And if there was a way to keep the deer from eating the stuff that I planted in their yard, I would do it. And they're just not. Right. So, oh well. Let's move down to uh, to Laurel, down in Jones County. Hey, Debbie. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. What's up? 
Well, I have a couple questions. I have a, a Norfolk pine that I've had for about five or six years. I got for Mother's Day. It's a good ten foot tall. It's too in big. a pot. Too big. Yeah, is it too big? Well, you can't you can't keep dragging it in. It just have you ever? Oh, no, I don't. It doesn't come in for the last three years. And it's a north. Huh. Well, that's weird because yeah. they freeze. You know, even in Florida. I know. I keep. I, I built a cover to go over it. I okay. This green cover that I cover it with in the winter. Okay. And you didn't. You thing. didn't bring it in. You <laughs> brought the indoors to it. Yes. <laughs> well, what you going to do about it? It's going to get bigger and bigger. They get huge. I've got a picture of me. I can't put my arms around the, the, the trunk of one. I know. I don't know that it's dying. Yeah. I thought maybe because the cover got wet and I didn't take it off during the winter when it got so cold and yeah. the chips and yep. froze. Yep. But because they started turning brown. But yep. within the last three weeks, the top of it is completely black. It's all dying, and now all the way down the front. Yeah. And I thought, does it have some kind of bugs? Can find no bugs? I'm, is I'm, it too dry? Is it too wet? I'm going to gently, know. I'm going to gently suggest that it got freeze injury back in in the late uh, November, December, and it's just showing up now that the weather's warming up. You know, uh, they 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 will not take uh, freezes. They they just won't. Yeah. And okay. uh, you co- you cover it up, and that'll protect down to a certain degrees for a little while. But if you leave that cover on, and when the sun comes back out, the daytime, it can steam them and do do That's more damage in the freeze. So to me, Norfolk kind of pines are they're, they're temporary plants. You know, you enjoy them while they can, and then you get you another one and just move on. You know, it, well. It's really not practical to grow them outside, uh, even okay. on the Gulf Coast. You, you don't see them in people's yards for mm-hmm. a reason, and they've been planted for decades. But you don't I ever see you. any. I got you. Sorry. All right, my second question is even more important. I increased my flower bed last year, and it's about a 40-foot flower bed. I'm retired, and I, I'm not a novice, novice garden. I garden. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. But... All of a sudden, I am overrun with voles. I've had a small garden by my house, but I increased it last year. I followed them all year. I put, you know, I flood the tunnels. I put shards of uh, pottery in it. Last year, I heard people say everything. I've tried it. And my cat, we have an outside cat, kills them, yeah. you know, as fast as she can. But... You know, I get them to move out of the flower bed, and they go into the yard, which I don't care. Yeah. But they're eating my plant roots. Oh, yeah. Like the young baby ones when I plant them. Yeah, yeah. They've started already this year. Yeah. There's I pe- have, what can I do? There are people all over listening to this and nodding their heads because we know. We know. Uh, unlike moles, voles do eat plants. They're plant eaters. They eat roots. They'll eat the roots of a shrub and kill it. You know they're 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 plant eaters and mm-hmm. and they're pretty voracious. They do a little gnawing and what they don't kill from eating, they introduce diseases into it. So that's a mm-hmm. tough one. So uh, and not much we can do about them either. There there are poisons you can put out there, but they're 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 the the vole has got to eat it, and they don't eat right. poison. They eat roots. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard uh, uh, a couple of things that you can try. The cat is your number one defense. I, I'm not making mm-hmm. this up. That really is right. the best control for voles. And uh, and the cat will do okay for a while, but you can get a flower pot, and where the voles are active, you know, they make the little holes where they come up. Right. Put a flower pot upside down over it so you can't get, can't get under it, and, um, uh, and put a mousetrap with some peanut butter on it. Oh, okay. You know, I, I know it, sound, it sounds weird, but that hey, seems to work more than anything. 
Okay. All right. And I'll try that. Um, do you think that the pottery shards help at all? No, be, no, no, you know no, they, no, you know okay. they're they're used okay. to moving around rocks and stuff. Right, there is right. a there is a material that they sell. It's like it's like kitty litter. It's a it's a calcined clay. It's a little chunky gritty kitty litter stuff. You can work it in the flower beds, and they just say, nah, this is too much trouble, and they go in a different mm-hmm. direction. But you got to work that into your soil, uh, uh-huh. which is which is good. It's good drainage, but it's uh-huh. a little expensive, a lot of trouble. And uh, here's yeah. what here's what they do in botanic gardens is they in the wintertime when the workers can't get out and do much they're sitting in the in you know in their their their, their working area and they're making baskets out of half inch hardware cloth just a little you know they cut it they bend it up they make little baskets that are maybe a a, a foot or foot and a half or so square and about six inches deep. And in the springtime, they'll dig stuff up, they'll put those in the ground, they'll fill them back up with dirt, plant stuff in it, and the voles can't get this underground fence. And I, I, it sounds like trouble, but this is what people at botanic gardens do. If there was anything else they'd do, they'd do it. All right. So anyway. The mousetrap. Um, and what you say the name of the other stuff to work in your soil? Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember the brand name, oh, okay. but it's called Turf Ace, T-U-R-F-A-C-E, I think. And most locally okay. lo- locally owned garden centers can get it from their regular supplier. I, I know that for a fact. Okay. Last question. Ants. Anything I can do about them? Ignore uh, ignore. If, if, when a, when a, here's the deal. When a big mound okay. comes up, uh, a mm-hmm. big mound, if you can leave, if you can find one big mound and leave it alone, all the little ones that pop up and all this rain when they're when they're starting their new colonies, they sort of peter out after a while. You end up with a few scattered here and there. And uh, if you can work around them, you know, th- that works about as well as anything. But if you want to treat an individual mound, get an insecticide that you mix with water. Put just a little bit of it in a gallon of water, and late in the day when the ants are in their mound, if you'll just pour a perimeter around it and then pour the rest on it like syrup on a, st- syrup on a stack of pancakes, let the water carry it all the way to the bottom, and just that much insecticide, just a little bit of insecticide with a, a gallon of water will take them out by morning. So try it in the evening. Anyway, Debbie, I'm not Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. So, we're going to take a real quick break. we got some other phone uh, callers on the line. If you want to give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. i got some oregano here. got some native azaleas. got a big old jack bean. A couple of little wildflowers and plenty to talk about if you don't have anything to talk about. Meanwhile, it's weird days out there. A lot of people aren't getting together for whatever reason, but we can safely get together here on the garden party called the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi public broadcasting. Liz Gill in there is our phone greeter. Jay White is a producer this morning. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. We're going to take just a little break and come back with more of the garden party right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Folks, welcome back. A couple of uh, announcements, uh, things coming up this next week, March the 19th, 
assuming everything's open, I'm going to be giving a program to the Hostess Society at the Memphis Botanic Garden, 7 o'clock on the evening of March the 19th. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's not going to be hostess and stuff, but stumperies and all sorts of stuff like that. March the 25th, I'm doing a two-hour class uh, in Hattiesburg, it's, and we're going to cover all sorts of stuff, fun, practical gardening, containers, and lawns, and landscaping, and all that, two solid hours. Uh, and it's at the, the, the Osher Center, uh, Osher Lifelong Learning Center. It's right off campus in Hattiesburg. If you're interested in that, that's going to be on March the 25th. That's a couple of weeks away. If you're interested in that, shoot me an email, and I'll put you in contact with the sign-up folks. I already got plenty of folks signed up, but they got plenty more room. Uh, March the 27th, the Bay, String, Bay Springs Master Gardeners are having their expo, and I'm going to be giving a program. That's Friday. And uh, Anyway, we got more stuff to talk about. Main thing, the first one coming up is going to be at Memphis on the 19th. Uh, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Botanic Garden. Uh, give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go down to Pat, who's been hanging on from uh, Mobile. Is that Mobile, Pat? No, Olive Branch. That's Olive Branch Hayfelder. Okay. <laughs> I was telling Jay, you know, Jay, Java knows this, but Jay and I don't work together that much. I have a tough time seeing these stupid things with my bifocals. I know that, and so do I. <laughs> well, what's <laughs> up? Good what? for us, at least, at least we can still see, Felder. And here, and I'm listening. What's up? Okay, I'm 81, and I'm self-isolating, and I'm on day seven, and I absolutely feel wonderful because of my garden. Hmm. Yesterday, I pulled weeds, cleaned the gutters. Today, I'm going to be pruning and planting seeds. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Uh, do you have allergies like I do? Do you have to take antihistamines? I do not, but I have a <laughs> lung disease, which is why yeah. I have to self-isolate. But yeah, yeah, I well, understand about that. Well, I appreciate that. What you planting? Um, I don't know. I've got all my seeds all ready to go, and mm-hmm. I have my pots and stuff, and I'll see this afternoon. But this morning is going to be pruning if the rain doesn't get me. I think, and, and there's a little chance up in your neck of the woods uh, there could be yeah. some rain. But uh, are you, So you're planting stuff in little pots. You're not putting them directly in the dirt, right? Yeah, I think the soil may be too cool. It is. That's what what I was getting at. You know, I'm not telling you anything. You already know all that stuff. I just got some seeds of a a really unique little pepper. It's a little pepper. It's called Sweetie Drops, and they look like little small red Hershey Kisses, and they taste like like sweet, tart tomatoes, but they're peppers, a little heat to them. And uh, I had to send off for them, and I got, and they sent me, I was like $5 for these seeds, and I got 12 seeds. And I'm thinking... And so, you know, and I'm not as good as gardeners as, 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 as you are. So I'm taking mine to a garden center that grows stuff. And I'm going to say, if you'll plant these, you can have half the plants. I just want to make sure one or two survives. But I'm doing that this weekend. Oh, well, see, it saves you too, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Pat. That's, that's, and, and, and relax. Breathe in and breathe out best you can and just enjoy oh, what you got out there. I'm doing great. I'm going to make pizza today also. I, hey, I hey. can't believe how well I'm doing. Hey, how did, I give hope to anybody listening. You I, can do this. How does your sniffer work? Can you smell stuff okay? Oh, yeah. I'm perfectly fine. Well, you got you, you got some oregano out there in your garden or some rosemary? I do, and time. Put, yep. it, put it on your pizza. Make it yourself. I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you so nice much, Pat. Appreciate you. your call. Thanks, Felder. Bye-bye. All righty. She's 81. She's out there kicking around. She's not letting no coronavirus get her down. She's going to go out there and do some pruning. And, uh, hey, now we're going to Mobile. Deborah, thank you for holding. How are you this morning? Good 
morning. I am well, thank you. Good. What what can I help you with? I have an old raised garden, and the boards are falling apart. I'm going to replace it with a new garden, which is going to be six by three feet. Mm-hmm. Can you help me with a recipe for dirt and mixed stuff to put in it? Sure, I can. Matter of fact, uh, I met with some folks yesterday about that, and uh, and they came over. I showed them my, my raised beds. I've been doing this for a long time. Are you going to put it in the same place that the other one was? Yes. Okay, so you already got some okay dirt there? Uh, okay-ish. And, this is going to be deeper. Yeah, and this is on dirt. It's not sitting on like a patio or anything. No, no, this is on dirt. Okay, that's good. Because a lot of people think a raised bed is built on top of the ground. No, that's a rectangular container. Raised bed, if you'll dig down, I'm going to say at least six or eight inches, maybe a shovel's depth. Just dig down, turn all that over. You know, do it a bite at a time, maybe walking backwards. Turn that completely over first. And then spread some fresh stuff on top of it, some some uh, some bark, some compost, some manure, anything like that. Some soil mix if you can get it. But but spread it on top after you've already dug the, the, the stuff first. And then stir them together. So much easier if you dig it first. And then spread stuff two or three or four, maybe five inches deep at the most. And dig it into a shovel's depth of dirt. And that's just about right. Terrific. Thank you so very much. Oh, oh I got a question for you. What you, what you sure. going to build it out of? Well, I cheated and ordered a kit. A kit? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know how many vegetables you could have bought with <laughs> flowers? I know. I I'm not going to wag my finger at uh, So have, how high is it going to be? Um, 10 or 12 inches. Yeah, that's, that's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. I usually recommend people just get some pressure-treated 2 by uh, 8 or 2 by 10 boards. If people worry about pressure-treated, just don't eat the stuff. That stuff does at least in your garden. It's not absorbed by vegetables. And then put a little facer board, a little 1 by 4 around the top so it looks nice and got something to put your knee on, set your cup of coffee on. But anyway, if you'll go ahead and dig the dirt first, or, or, or okay. if, you, if you want to put the bed in its place first, but whatever's easiest, I would, I would do that. That. And then when you get done planting, uh, after you work, put you a nice mulch of bark on it. Uh, just plain old bark mulch. That'll keep the weeds out and and it'll help uh, keep it cool in the summertime and moist. And then next time you get ready to plant, just dig that in and then put some fresh mulch on top and you've got it going. Well, I have some things to dig out. I have an oregano that's probably about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I have garlic chives that I bought in 1984. Yeah. And didn't pot them for about twenty five years. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> or repot them rather. I, I've seen garlic chives growing in the crack of a sidewalk in New Orleans. And trust me, you don't want to eat anything that's growing in the crack of a sidewalk in New oh, Orleans. No. But that's how tough the plant is. Uh, well, if you're going to uh, dig the oregano up, go ahead, bite the bullet, and cut it way, way back, almost brutally back, and then you know set it to one side and 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 it'll quickly put out new growth. If you don't cut it back, it's going to suck itself dry. Okay. Should I do the same thing? I have German thyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cut cut it back a little bit. The problem with the thyme is real easy to overwater thyme. So if you just cut them back and set them to one side, when you put the thyme in, uh, I wouldn't water it for a day or two. Let it settle down. Okay. All righty. Well, woo-hoo. Woo-hoo, indeed. Thank you so much. <laughs> you bet, Deborah. Thank you for your call. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I love the way... Uh, you know, I, I need to do some Johnny Cash songs because Anna Hissamine's got my voice low. <laughs> Let's go to uh, to, to uh, talk to Terry, who's in yeah. Union. In Union, hey Terry, good morning. Good morning. What's up? All right, uh, dear. 
Yep. How to keep deer out of your garden or your uh, sweet potato patch you plant for the deer or your peas you plant for the deer. Yeah. It's peanut butter on an electric fence about knee high. There you go. It works 100%. <laughs> You know, I, I you know that's this actually is probably the best thing. You know, if you'll just put some peanut butter on an electric fence, you know they'll they'll stick their nose to it and they'll learn. <laughs> yeah, and they they won't run through it and tear it down. If, without the peanut butter, they'll tear it down. You put it up, they'll tear it down. Yep. You put it up, and finally they give up. And they but and, the and peanut and, butter prevents it ever tearing down the first time. And and de- yeah. and not only that, but deer are not stupid. They'll learn and they'll smell the peanut yeah. butter and and they'll stay away. That's a, that's a good tip. Yeah, my neighbor says it won't work because deer won't eat peanut butter. That's because my neighbor's deer knows that <laughs> peanut butter tastes like electricity. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hey, anyway. speaking speak of things that taste weird, somebody told me that the taste of, you know, the flavor of water, water doesn't really have a flavor. They said the flavor of water is its temperature. <laughs> yeah. You know, cold water right. and warm water have different flavors. This is t- That's right. <laughs> crazy right, now, stuff. The mold bean, where yeah. I plant my pe- my peas, the soybeans, or, or my sweet potatoes for the deer, is on a gently sloping uh, uh, hillside. And uh, I have a problem with the molds getting in my uh, plowed ground and causing... Uh, Gullies underground. Right, right. They'll uproot stuff, too. And uh, uh, the way to get rid of the molds is a mole bean plant. Is that the and same that thing as cat? Yard. No, that's castor bean, right? Isn't that the same thing as castor bean? Yeah. Right. And it'll work in your yard, and it's not an unattractive plant. That's a pretty plant, uh, pretty plant. Right. And uh, it, it absolutely will keep the molds out. Yeah, there's uh, there's actually a, a type of poison in the, uh, the root. I, I I think it's got a poison in the root, but uh, anyway. But you're right. If you if you like the way it looks, it's a great little hedge plant too. And I think that that's where they get castor oil. It is. It most certainly and, is. But it's also it's also where they get ricin, which is one of the most toxic uh, bio weapons on Earth. So don't be eating right. your mold beans. Be careful. Yeah, that's right. Listen, man, <laughs> I, pre- it. I appreciate your call, sir. Thank right. you so much, Terry. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Now, we've got some other calls online, but I want to do this little, I, I need to go drink some water or something like that. So we could play a tune. You know, this time of year, we get out and about, we start seeing the bees and the wasps are busy. They're starting to build their nests and you run into a praying mantis and just stink bugs and some people don't like insects. So I got a nice little sweet tune. It's sort of a corny rock and roll tune about, uh, can, you know, about ways can we just learn how to get along and have and you know it basically leave me alone <laughs> i'm horticulturist fellow rushing jay white liz gill all the folks here at mpb we're glad you tuned in uh, glad we don't have to get together and bump elbows and cough on each other and all that stuff but uh if you want to give us a call we've got a couple on hold we'll be right with you after this short break with some tunes called hey there little insect So, don't let dobby baby and bite me no 
Hey there, little insect, please calm down. So we can have fun and fool around. Praying badges, I've what complain. Each time on my arm, you lantus makes me faint. Hey there, little insect, sec, please calm down. So we can have fun and fool around. Look here, I don't want to worry now, Mr. Insect. I don't want to fight. I don't, I don't want to worry about a potential insect bite. And I don't want to worry, so please calm down. That we can have fun in full a ride. Now, hey there, a little hornet buzzing around me. Sounds like a warning and it's scaring me. Hey there, little insect, please calm down. So we can have fun and fool around. Now I don't want to worry, so please calm down. So we can have fun and fool around. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Fellow Rushing here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Got an email uh, that just came in a little bit while ago, and I'll answer that in a second. But meanwhile, got a guy from, been hanging on for a long time from from Edwards. I uh, see from Jackson. Hey, Edward, how are you? Hey, good morning. How you doing? I appreciate you calling, man. What's going on? I got an old oak tree. I guess it's like maybe four or five feet in, in circumference, and maybe about 50 foot high, and the lower limbs. Uh, like I've fallen off, but it's still it's putting out trees and all. I just want to know what kind of fertilizer should I put on it. That's that a, won't hurt. That's a good question. You got grass anywhere in your yard? Yeah. You fertilize the grass, and it's fertilizing your tree, too. The root, you know, if you stick your arms straight out and wiggle your fingers, that's where the oak roots are. You know, up close to the tree, that's just shoulders and elbows. So uh, if you'll just fertilize your grass, that is way more than what the trees need. I mean, they grow out in the woods without, you know, with only, you know, dead squirrels and stuff to fertilize them. But, uh, you know, if you'll just every three or four years fertilize your grass sometime in April or so, that fertilizes your tree for, for plenty. It, it, it really true. Uh, that won't hurt. That uh, won't hurt my dog. 
Oh, it's fertilizer. Fertilizer can hurt your dog. Uh, put it out right before rain, or as soon as you put it out, just wet. It's not going to hurt your dog. The, the, I mean, there's uh, you put this stuff out th- about a third the strength of what you put salt on an egg. You can't even see it. Put so go in and just get you a bag of. Uh, if I were to say one fertilizer that's pretty good for everything, it's the stuff they call centipede food for centipede grass. It's good for all the grasses, and it's slow-acting, long-lasting. It has a winterizer, but it has all the stuff trees need, too. So if you just put some— Okay, and I'd, I'd probably put it down like maybe about six feet from the trunk of the tree. No, no, no. Just fertilize your whole yard. Oh, I don't I don't ever do that. I mean, the grass grows fine without any fertilizer. That's why I was just— most concerned with the tree. Well, your your tree can survive without fertilizer a lot better than your grass can. Your grass will be healthier. You'll have fewer. I'm, I'm not trying to lecture here, but every no. every people never fertilize the grass. But that doesn't mean that, it, that it's good. Put a little fertilizer on the grass every let's say every four or five years. And, okay. that, and that's enough for your tree, too. Just get your bag of centipede food, scatter it real light all over the lawn, and and that's plenty for your tree, too. It really is. But. What's that? No, whatever the bag says, you know, says this bag covers this many thousand square feet. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just do that. Just, bro- you know, act, pretend like you're just, for, you know, just broadcasting around your lawn. Don't pile it anywhere because, again, the tree roots are a solid mass all out there. So putting it in one spot just yeah. fertilizes that one root. So just, just scatter some, some lawn food every few years. And that's more than a few trees do. I'm real sure of that. I taught the, I taught the tree course. And, okay. You know, so okay, it, maybe I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, it won't hurt, and uh, and and it's not going to make you mow anymore. It'll just help you. You just don't put it on too thick, and you'll be in great shape. Your 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 grass will be healthier. I appreciate it, sir, and you have a good day now. Thanks, Edward. Appreciate it. Well, I live in an older neighborhood where the trees were planted when the houses were built. We're talking about the 1940s. Uh, early 50s, and a lot of the trees are starting to fall apart. You know, urban trees don't live forever because they got roots confined by sidewalks and driveways and uh, sewer lines and water lines and all that stuff. And uh, so we're seeing a lot of problem with older trees. Not much we can do except give them a little fertilizer every now and then. And again, all those gimmick and spikes and stuff like that, no, just fertilize your grass. Now, let's go to a Hugh, caller for the Gulf Coast. Where are you on the Gulf Coast? Um... I'm in Ocean Springs. Ocean Springs. All righty. What's going on? Well, I was wondering if you have any uh, advice about dollar weed control, and well, I think it's called Virginia buttonweed. Oh, boy. Both of those are great. i tell you why they're great weeds. If you're going to be a weed, one of these would be the best. Because not only they grow really, really well on the Gulf Coast with no care yeah. at all, but their their leaves are slick, so weed killers beat up and roll off. <laughs> They do a great job here. You would yeah. think that's all I'm growing. Yeah, but but also you've probably got St. Augustine grass, maybe centipede, probably St. Augustine. And what will kill those weeds will kill St. Augustine or centipede if you use it too strong or too often. Sort of like chemotherapy. So here's yeah. a couple, here's a couple things I recommend. First and foremost, and, and this is the philosophical approach, I'm a turf guy. I wrote the forward to a turf manual. I work with golf courses. I get it. But... If you can learn to just ignore the dollar weed, that's the best approach. <laughs> that's, it really is because that works better than anything else. Look at it as a contrasting texture, sort of like as a little flower arrangement. Uh, because it grows well and it's hard to kill. 
But the most important thing, the single most important thing you can do, Hugh, and I sound like a broken record. People mock me about this. If you raise a mower to the highest setting, that makes the grass thicker, healthier. The weeds have a hard time. The Virginia buttonweed will grow up and over the top of it, and your lawnmower will snatch it out by the roots. But if you don't have a good thick lawn, there's no way to control the weeds because they keep coming back. So, yeah, the button weed crowds out everything. I, I know, I know. I, up over the winter when the grass was dormant. I, I'm I'm real familiar with it, but like I say, from a practical point of view, what will kill it will kill your grass if you use it. To, if you want to use a weed killer, anything for broadleaf weeds, anything that that says for dandelions and things like that. Read the directions for St. Augustine grass, right? And, you know, that much. And then use it less than that strength two or three times a couple of weeks apart. It's like chemotherapy. You're trying to kill the, the problem without killing the patient. So if you'll yeah. use it, you know, a little bit less than recommended strength two or three times, it'll gradually weaken the, the weeds, but your grass can recover more quickly. But, but the, uh, again, it's always going to get back to raise your mower, give your grass a little fertilizer. Those things will help the grass resist new weeds. Otherwise, it well, just like I goes, say, you know, they, they grew up, you know, grass was dormant over the winter, and the, the dollar weed just moved in. And oh, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And uh, this month, uh, matter of fact, it was, I think, last week, is my 37th anniversary of, this, of doing radio, and I hear about it every year. Every year, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, again, it's bottom line thing. You, you don't don't want to kill your grass with the sprays that kills this stuff. So use it light two or three times, and uh, fertilize your grass lightly. And raise your mower. Those are the best weed control. That's what they teach in turf science at Mississippi State. That's what works in real life. Okay, and so this is this is where I'm trying to get to. Is I have a shady spot on the back side of the house. It's, it's uh, probably. Five by fifteen. Uh huh. I'm I'm looking for a native ground cover. That could be a really yeah. It's it's, it's well, it would crowd all that stuff out. Yeah, this it's a good idea. We don't have any really good native ground covers. The ground covers we have, the woodland natives we have here, are kind of thin, and they don't take foot traffic very well. There is a plant though. Do you know about mondo grass? Little monkey mondo grass. I've heard of that. Well, you see it all over the place. Mondo grass, it looks like monkey grass, except it's small and it's dark green. And, uh, and they use it as a border edging plant, and it spreads in the lawn and completely takes over in the shade. And it's like a, a dark green grass. It's called Mondo, M-O-N-D-O. You can plug that sting. If you get some, you can break it up into individual little plants and stick them in the ground with a screwdriver or the ground with your finger, whatever. And the first year, they'll sit there. Next year, they start to spread. And it'll grow in 100% shade, and uh, it gets nice and dense. And uh, it's a good law substitute for the shade, M-O-N-D-O. Okay. And when you see it, it's going to be tall. You know, I'm going to say, you know, six, five, six eight inches tall, but you can mow it just like grass. Okay. And then the last one, uh, I tried a couple of different spots. I had this uh, hot lips. I can't, I don't know the scientific name. It's a type of salvia. salvia. Yeah, salvia, right. And um, so I've tried it in a couple of different spots. Is it? It just doesn't. Is it too hot here for that thing? No, no, no. Hot. Uh, th- that type of salvia is native to Texas and Mexico. It ain't hot. Too much water can cause a problem. It's real drought tolerant. You know, it'll grow at a crack of a sidewalk better than it will in a really rich flower bed. 
Uh, so the main thing is put it where it gets lots of sun and uh, and don't, don't water it and fertilize it a whole bunch. You know, make it. I have one on, on the slope in my front yard in hard clay that uh, I'm not even here in the summertime. Nobody waters it, and it does great with no water at all. Think, so it's, uh, it's out in a hot spot on the slope by the stop sign and. Yeah, well, it just, it seems like it's struggling. Maybe is it just too wet here in general? Well, you know, we we had a real wet year last year. No question about that. Try this. You can invigorate a plant that's struggling. If uh, sometimes the top part can overwhelm the roots, uh, go ahead now. Even though it's put on some new growth, maybe have some flowers by now. Go ahead and cut it back like you would a little small shrub, and that takes okay. the immediate stress off the root, and it immediately makes it start bushing out with new growth, and that new growth will be better balanced with the roots, and it'll do better. So don't be afraid to cut it back like a like a rose bush or something yeah no it's only got about three or four sprigs how tall how, how tall is it maybe eight or ten inches tall who it should be knee high and bushy that's what i was thinking yeah well, I have to... well well try this try, dig it up rework the dirt replant it water it once walk away okay <laughs> same kind of spot <laughs> Yeah, but you know, just dig, dig the dirt up pretty good, nice and wide, and half a shovel deep, and and uh, and and just replant it. Let's give it another start. All right. I didn't Thank help. You so much. I, I didn't help you much at all on any of that, Hugh. I didn't help you much well, at all. But <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, welcome to my life. Okay. <laughs> Thank all you, right. Hugh. Appreciate it. Hey, good luck with the weeds too. Thanks. Who we have so much. So many weeds, so much problem with weeds because they're from here. A lot of them are from here. They're not. The ones that aren't, they like it here better than our lawns do. Lawns are artificial prairies. They're not. They're, they're Asian natives, and if you don't treat them well, they get thin because of weather and stuff like that. And when they get thin, guess what fills in the gaps? When you kill them, it's like brushing mosquitoes off. More are going to keep coming right back. So anyway, mohai, <laughs> fertilize every, every couple of three or four years. And if you go a month without water, give a little water. Those are your three best weed controls. I'm real sure of this. But if you want to spray stuff, don't overdose. Don't kill the patient. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with some more phone calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Right after. Smile, Felder. <laughs> I feel, a smile. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Gestalt Gardener on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email garden at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Phil Rush. I got an email about uh, azaleas are turning yellow. Uh, and if they're real yellow and the veins are still dark green, uh, that's an iron deficiency. If you'll get a, an azalea fertilizer that has plus iron, azalea food plus iron, and I put it around your azaleas, not too thick, that'll green them up and uh, provide the iron that they need. Yellow, yellow leaves, pale green leaves, dark green veins, iron deficiency. Uh, you can also buy iron keylane and spray it on the plants. But anyway, little azalea food plus iron, that should take care of it. Now let's uh, slide over to Jackson, talk to Tricia. Tricia, thank you for calling. Hey, uh, Mr. Russian, I have a question. Well, two questions. 
what are the best items to use for uh, organic compost? For organic compost? What, what, what do you mean, to work into your dirt or to? Yes. Yeah. Oh, just just plain old compost, compost or manure. Manure is compost. You know, if okay. you if you think about it, what compost is, is where worms have eaten leaves. Well, uh, cows eat le- leaves too. So either either sterilized com- uh, either manure or just compost. They're all going to be organic. No, nobody puts anything. There's no reason to put anything uh, in compost that's not natural. Okay, my next question. Is it too late to prune or cut back my crepe myrtles? I've never cut them before, and I've had them over 10 years. No, they, uh, Tricia, they, they bloom on new growth. You could cut them as late as August, and they'll still put out new growth and bloom. Okay. And, uh, now, I, they're starting to put out new leaves and all. Don't let that soften your heart. Just shape them up like you, know, like you want to. Don't worry about the new growth, because you'd have cut that stuff off last month. So, anyway, just, just shape them up, and no problem at all. Okay, thank you. Okay, hey, appreciate your call. Thank you. Now, John's calling from Jackson also. What's up, John? Hey, Felder. Thank you, sir. Um, I just want to follow up on the crepe myrtle question. Mm-hmm. I've got 20 really old crepe myrtles in my yard. I live in northeast Jackson. Uh-huh. They were planted, I think, by the first owner of the house. About I'm thinking about 40 years old. Uh-huh. Old house. That's what the previous owner thinks. What can I do to condition them to keep them healthy? Because I don't want these suckers dying on me, obviously, you know? Yeah. Twenty really big crave myrtles. What can I do? Uh, a, a couple of things. For one thing, just start hardening your heart to the fact that crape myrtles have got a serious problem in Jackson uh-huh. that there's really not a good long-term control for. It's called crape myrtle bark scale, and it's in your neighborhood. I go all over town. I see it everywhere. Uh, and there's not much practical you can do about that. So all you can do to keep them healthy, if they got a bunch of cluttered limbs or branches, every now and then thin some of them out, sort of like plucking eyebrows, leave the ones you want, get rid of the ones you don't want. And then if you've got grass nearby, fertilize your grass, and that's plenty for crepe myrtles grow in cemeteries. Dead people can grow these things. So if you'll just fertilize your grass every couple of three or four years, that's way more than enough for the for the fertilizer for the crepe myrtles. Okay. Because their roots are way out there. They're way away okay. from the trunk. Quick, quick question, I'll let you go, okay? Um, yeah. In regards to pruning, I know you were just talking about it. I, I kind of missed it. Is it a good time to thin them out now, or should I wait until yeah. after summer? No, you can prune crepe myrtles anytime you want to. Here, here's okay. a, here's a, the one rule of thumb, though, uh, John. If you're, if you're cutting something off, <laughs> cut it off where it starts growing. Don't leave a stub. Sure. You know, follow, you know, whether it's a limb, a branch off a limb or a limb off the trunk, don't leave a stub. But other than that's that, that's definitely one thing I've gotten from this show. So. Yeah, that's and, and, I'll, I'll follow that rule. It, it really does help. Anyway, and if you ever have trouble with the bark scale or something like that, go to my blog, Felder Rushing blog. I got a thing about the crepe myrtle bark scale there. That, that my son's got a huge crepe myrtle in his front yard off of in the Sheffield Drive. You know where that is? I do. Yes, yeah, sir. Right. and he's, well, luckily. Luckily, we're in Loho, and it hasn't really hit us yet. <laughs> no, yeah. so I'm looking at it every yeah. every yeah. Week, Well, don't 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 freak out. It's just a tree. It's not like an old cat. You have a good weekend. Okay, Appreciate you bet. Now let's go to Curtis. Curtis is on the road. What's up, Curtis? You got your hands on the wheel? Yes. Uh, what's the best fertilizer for uh, St. Augustine grass? Uh, to me, the best fertilizer is stuff they call centipede food. You know, they're really close in how they grow, and they have about the same needs. But and, and everybody sells centipede food, and a bag of it will go a long ways. And get this, Curtis, you can make the bag go 
twice as far as it says it'll go. You know, because their their job is to sell as much fertilizer as they can. But if it says this bag will cover a thousand square feet, make it go two thousand square feet. And uh, but centipede food has everything St. Augustine needs in it for uh, t- two or three years, really. Okay, when is the best time to fertilize? Is it, is it right now? Or no, it it's, it's a little early. Uh, because grass, when it greens up in the springtime, it sort of kicks, it jump starts its new root system. It's better to, to, to let it start growing before you start pushing it with fertilizer. I'd wait till April. After you've mowed it a couple of times, you know, it's really growing pretty good. We're talking about early April. Go ahead and put it out then. There's no, it ain't no race. Ain't no race. But uh, too early cause it to stop rooting as well. Okay. Okay, then. Thank you. Okay, Curtis. Appreciate it, man. Woo. I got this big bean. And, uh, uh, Jay, are you going to put this podcast up? You can wait till Java gets back. I'll put it up there, yeah. Okay. Well, can I, I, sent, I just sent a picture of this big bean and this uh, native azalea. Can you run that one with it? Absolutely. Okay. I wish I could put the smell with it because this this azalea is overpowering the smell of lysol <laughs> that's a lot yeah purell and lysol that's what mpb smells like but well, i'm making it smell <laughs> like re- nature used buckets of lysol <laughs> in here yeah so uh but you know everybody okay up here a lot of agencies are closing down but we're cool here at mpb right okay uh, all right. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah. Well, folks, if you have questions during the week for anything about gardening, I've got a stack of them. I'm going straight back to the house. I'm going to start. I'm going to get me a, a big cup of coffee and start answering emails. Got a handful to, to, to answer. Shoot me an email during the week. Garden at mpbonline.org. Garden at mpbonline.org. You want to read some fun stuff? Go to my blog. I don't sell anything. Felder Rushing blog. Not the website, but the blog. I'm going to put a thing up uh, this afternoon of all the weird stuff we have growing in Mississippi, like Spanish moss and dotter and lichens and mosses, things that the Star Trek people could not have come up with as alien creatures, and they grow in Mississippi. Weird plants, pitcher plants that eat dead. And insects. <laughs> it's a weird world out there, and we got whatever it takes to keep our mind off of all the crazy stuff on the news. Uh, anyway, Weird Plants, that blog is going up this afternoon. If you've got some questions during the week again, just shoot me an email. I'm hoping to give a program at 7 o'clock next Wednesday night at the Memphis Botanic Garden. I hope some of y'all show up there. And if you're interested in this class I'm doing in Hattiesburg in a couple of weeks, Shoot me an email. I'll give you the phone numbers. Uh, me and Jay and and the Liz and all the other folks here at MPB. Glad to be here. Glad that you joined us. Uh, we're here Monday through Friday. Got all sorts of weird stuff you can talk about. Whatever we're gonna cover it. And you, it, I don't think you can stump any of us because all of us have. We talk about what what we love, and we're glad you joined us. Uh, I'm gonna take a week long break. I'm gonna see y'all next Friday. And uh, if everything goes well, I'm going to get some gardening done between here and there. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center, a neighbor. Get get permission if it's not your kid. Take them to the garden center. Get them a little, a little pot with some potting soil and an oregano. And have them plant the oregano and show them that they can make pizza with stuff that they grow. In other words, show them how to get dirty and then eat it. See y'all next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.